Welcome to this green church. We're a Christian community on a mission to raise saviors, believers that are righteous and supernatural, to succeed, lead, and have transformational societal impact. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and Wednesday at 6 p.m. to be a part of this amazing service. Be blessed as you listen. In Him we have redemption. In Him we have redemption. So um, this month in your study, focus on the focus on the epistles. In fact, generally in your in your study of God's word, as a believer, live in the epistles. All right, live in the epistles. Study the epistles. This month, focus on the epistles. Focus on the epistles. All right, live in the epistles as a believer. So all through this month, read the epistles thoroughly, especially Ephesians and Colossians, especially Ephesians and Colossians. It is in the epistles that we see who we are. It is there that we see what we have. It is there that we see where we are because of Jesus. Hmm. As you read the epistles, pay, pay, pay attention to the focus, you know, not the tenses. Focus on the tenses. Focus on the tenses. Focus on the tenses and the prepositions. It's an English class, okay? When you read the epistles, an English class is a, a language class. Is a you know, it's a word study. So focus on the on the tenses and the, and the prepositions, okay? Prepositions are in him, through through whom, by him, for him, okay? Those are strong learnings. There's a lot to learn from the in hims. So you'll see what we have in him. You'll see what we have through him. You see what we have by him. My God shall supply all your needs according to. Okay, so you know a lot of those a lot of those phrases. In Him we have redemption. In Him we have forgiveness of sins. Okay, you know we are in Him. You know, just pay notes to those in Him's through Him for Him by Him. Then the tenses. So you see what we have. You will see what we are having. You will see what we will have. Okay, you will see. You know you see that you see that we are saved. We are saved in three in three tenses. Okay. We are saved. We are being saved and we shall be saved. As we go on in this series, we'll talk more about us, okay? So you must understand the tenses, okay, and the prepositions. Now, so you can know what we have now versus what is promised versus what is promised. So you can know what we have now versus what is promised. Now, too many times people put too much in the afterlife and too little in the now. People put too much in the world to come, in their work with God. That when we get to the sweet by and by, we'll have no more sickness, no more trouble, no more this, no more that, you know. They put too much in the future and put too little on the now. Because it's convenient. You know, it doesn't give you, it doesn't give you any need to grow your faith, fight the fight of faith. It just tells you accept everything. In fact, like people that believe in the Christian dome, that all that happens to you is God's will. Mm-hmm. So this is when I seek and in pain, they say God is working out his glory. No, we see in scripture in John 9 that the glory of God is seen in the healing, not in the sickness. The glory of God is seen in the healing, not in the sickness. Okay, so we're not just meant to just wait for a future by and by. There are things that we have in Christ that we must experience and live in the now. In fact, when you see Ephesians 1 13 to 14, let's go there. Ephesians 1 13 to 14, NIV is fine. Ephesians 1 13 and 14. Please open your Bibles, okay? Ephesians one is a teaching class. You have to, you have to, you have to, um, you have to follow through your in your Bible because it's a teaching class. Okay, 
all through this month are teaching classes, okay, is Bible School TGC, okay? So, you have to pay attention and, you know, um, follow through with that. 13 and 14. 13 and 14. Who wants to read for me? Winda, read. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Jola. And you, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. Amen. So praise Look at that. So I checked out the word deposit. Deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And check out the, the word in Greek. And the Greek word there means... The Greek word there is Arabon. It means an earnest, earnest money. Look at this. It means a large part of the payment. Hmm. Not a small part of the payment. It means a large part of the payment. Given in advance a security that the whole will be paid afterwards. So it's like saying, I go to buy a, a, a car. I go to buy a Benz. I like to use good things as examples. Like I like to use my, what, what I aspire to as examples. So, I go to buy a Benz. And the Benz costs £40,000. Okay? I now put down £30,000 as first payment. Okay? I put down £30,000 as first payment. So that I'll come back and pay the remaining £10,000. Now, the seller knows that, guy, he has shown keen interest by paying down a large part of the money. So, I can be sure that he will pay, I can be sure that he will pay the remaining 10,000 pounds. So, you see that 30k pounds is not, not a small part of the payment, but rather a large part of the payment. So, this is my point. That the Holy Ghost in you is like God has given you 30k out of 40k pounds for the payment of stuff. So, it, 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 so we must begin to see it as we have a lot now. Don't just focus on the world to come. There's a lot that God has given you now as part of the inheritance. In fact, what is called inheritance means, okay, as two minutes, okay, what you have now and what we have. So there's, there's what we have now in Christ and there's what we will have. So when God gave us his spirit, he was telling us, I have given you most, most, most of what you are getting by being redeemed. So here comes the problem. Because we expect too little, we lay hold of too little. Okay? So we have to understand that you should not put everything in the sweet by and by. There are things to lay hold of now. And this is Bible truth. Okay, so this fourth taste is not just a mere taste. It is a huge taste. Okay, God has done it all for us so that we can begin to live in these things and lay hold of them now. And we see, we see these things, who we are, what we have, where we are. We see it in the epistles. In the epistles, okay, we see it in the epistles. Hallelujah. So there's what we will have, but there's what we have. Yes, what we have. And what we have is massive. We have the Holy Ghost. So by, by we having the Holy Ghost, we have ha, we have a large part of the payment, a large part of what belongs to our redemption. 
when we when, when we see Jesus, you know, when Christ comes back, okay, we have the full construction, we have everything, the full, the full formation of it all. But right now, we have a lot already. Okay, so we must live in the epistles. So we'll see what we have. When you see verse 7, verse 7 of Ephesians 1 says, In him we have redemption. 7 says, In him we have redemption. 13 and 14 says, Until the redemption. So we see, we have one redemption now. We have another one later. We have redemption now. And we'll have it also afterwards. So there's what we have. And there's what we will have. What we will have is based on what we have. Based on what Christ has done. Tenses. Tenses. What we will have is based on what we have. That is based on what Christ has done. So because I am redeemed, I will be redeemed. Because Christ paid the price for me, okay, I have been, you know, I have been redeemed, you know. So because I have been redeemed, I will be redeemed. Past tenses again, tenses, Christ paid. Okay, when I believed in him, I was redeemed. So because I am redeemed, I will be redeemed when he comes back. In between, I am being redeemed. Let me explain. Let me explain, okay? So, I am saved. I'm saved in spirit. My spirit is completely saved. I am being saved. My mind is being renewed. I will be saved. My body will be perfectly, you know, perfectly, you know, I have a new body, new body, of, new body in Christ, new physical body. So, I must understand the tenses so I know what to do today. I know what today is. I was saved. I am being saved. I will be saved. So now that I am being saved, what should it look like? Yeah, in the being saved, in the being saved realm, my mind is being renewed to understand what Christ has done. Okay, so that I can be transformed. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Okay, my mind is being renewed so that I can be transformed into his image. Amen. My mind is being renewed so that I can be transformed into this into his image to become more my physical realities, what he has done. So I am in the laying old face of my Christian work. Yeah. I am in the laying old of the things Christ has done. At the end, I was no longer need to lay old. I will have to be laid, will be lay held. Pardon my language, okay? But now I am in the lay old season. So meaning if I don't know how to lay old, it will look as though Christ has done nothing when he has done it all. Alright? But when people say, you know, just leave focus on everyone. It means that they never lay hold of anything here. They don't lay hold here. They are waiting for the sweet by and by. Amen. Glory to Jesus. In him, we have redemption. So, we have a lot now. And we need to see it in the epistles. These things are documented in the epistles. So, we've seen the epistles, the things that Jesus taught. After his passion, after, after his death and resurrection, the things that Jesus taught, Acts 1 to 3. Acts 1, 1 to 3. Acts 1. Acts 1, 1 to 3. If you can, if you are there, please help me so we can make it fast. Acts 1, 1 to 3. But you want to hear your voice. Acts 1, 1 to 3. Acts 1, 1 to 3. Read for us. Put on your mic. Bori used to carry lasting drought your sword in children's church. I'm very sure. Pretty obvious. <laughs> your mic is off, man. 
I don't even do that stuff. No wonder, sir. Same. <laughs> even worse. Yeah, go on. Ask one to three. Okay. In my former book, Diophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he has taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he has chosen, he has chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Look at that. So after his death and resurrection, he was with them 40 days. He was in a 40-day meeting teaching them about the kingdom of God. Meaning that these, these were things he could not fully teach them before. So he was now further explaining now, see, now I have died, I have risen again. This is now the reality of it now. This is what we have, this is what you have now because of my of my death and resurrection. So he taught them for 40 days. So those things taught for 40 days are now the things that were documented in the epistles. We see those things documented in the epistles. So people people tell themselves, you know, I wish I was in those meetings with Christ. Uh, read the epistles, you will see what he taught them in those meetings. Ephesians 3, 1 to 10. 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 Going down. Ephesians 3, 1 to 10. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. Look at that. Go on. In this... Go on, go on. In this reading... In reading this. In reading this, I'm sorry. In reading this, then... You will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me. This, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly Look at that. He says... You know, in verse 3, it says, This mystery of my revelation, as I have already written briefly, that in reading this, you will understand my insight to the mystery of Christ. Meaning that, you know, it is, it's because talking about, talking about, about, the, about the epistles, that when you read what he has written, you will understand his insight into the mystery of Christ. All right? That the mystery of Christ is written and understood in the epistles. says, look at it. says, these things were not made known to those in other generations, as has not been revealed by the apostles and prophets. 
Meaning that if you only, you know, if you if you don't read the epistles, if you read the gospels, if you read the Old Testament, you will not understand the mystery of Christ. Because it was not revealed to them then. So when we read the Old Testament books, we see the mystery of Christ concealed. We see it there concealed. In the epistles, we see it revealed. In the OT, concealed. In the end New Testament books, we see it revealed. In fact, you see all the New Testament books, you see them quoting Old Testament books. As Isaiah said, as Uzziah said. Okay, so it was concealed then and then revealed in the epistles. You know it was concealed? Because in, you, you know how to show that it was concealed. Because even Sadducees and Pharisees that knew the scripture did not understand the gospel. They did not get it. So it, it, was, it was by just you know going to school, you know, learning, 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 uh, learning the books, learning the Torah. You know, the Torah is the Old books according to the according to the Jews. It was about all that. Yes, I'm we are recording. You know, they should have known the gospel, but they did not know it. Okay, it was revealed, you know, through the apostles, the you know, Paul, Peter, and Co. Okay, and documented in the epistles. So it is the epistles that we see the mystery of Christ revealed. So we must live in the epistles. When people say, you know, read your Bible, read your Bible, one year plan, I like it. But I hope that one year plan begins with the New Testament books. I hope it begins with the New Testament books. Well, that is where your eyes of understanding are opened. I also hope it involves, you know, reading more of the NT than the OT. Mm. Because if you don't understand New Covenant books, New Testament books, you'll be reading a lot of things that miss. In fact, you will read nonsense and you, you, you think you have been eligible, we are reading a lot of nonsense because. If you don't understand the revelation of it, you'll be reading it, you'll be reading it concealed, not it revealed. Do you understand? Okay, so by when you know, Christ and um, Paul told them that when those books are written, the Old Testament, when they are when they are read, this as though a veil is covering the eyes of the people. That is it is in Christ that, that veil is taken away. This is what it means. I must understand the mystery of Christ for the veil to be taken off my eyes when I, when I do the books. Mm, you get it? You get that? I must understand the mystery of Christ. That when I do, that is when the veil is taken off the Old Testament books. That without understanding the mystery of Christ, I will read the Old Testament books and not understand anything. In fact, I will hate God. Alright? Awesome. So, these things that we have now are documented in the epistles. The Old Covenant books were written for us. The ancient sermon books were written to us. One was written for us. One was written to us. Alright, so we should live in the one written to us. First Corinthians 10, 11 to 13. First Corinthians 10, 11 to 13. First Corinthians 10, 11 to 13. If you are there first to read, help us read it out. First Corinthians 10, 11 to First Corinthians 10, 11 to 13. Are we there? First Corinthians 10, 11 to 13. Okay, who wants to read for us? Oh, you know, go quickly, make it fast. Okay. Please, you should be calling people so people will participate after this one. Sorry. Okay. Caller is next. Okay. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us. 
on whom the combination of the combination of the ages has come. You, you can pause there. These things happen to them as examples. And we're written down as warnings for us. So you see, the other three books were written for us. Okay, not to us, written for us. Romans 15 4. Call it Romans 15 4. Romans 15 4. Romans 15 4. The color Yemi at all. Romans 15 4. Omit your mic, Baba. For whatever things are, for whatever things were written before, were written for our learning, that we should, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Look at that. They were written for our learning. Okay, they were written for us. Okay, Ephesians one one. Ephesians one one. Bori. Ephesians one one. Ephesians 1 1. Uh, someone is asking to join in. I only want UK people. Is she in UK? Okay. Ephesians 1 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's only people in Ephesus. Look at that. The faithful in Christ Jesus. So you see, Paul wrote the Ephesians to the Ephesians. Okay? So it's not written for them, it was written to them. So and it says to the to God's only people in Ephesus. So it's good for them, not Ephesus. It's also good for us because it is to God's only people, the faithful in Christ Jesus. So the epistles were written to us. So these are our primary books of the Bible. This is where we begin from. This is where we live. All right. Now we see in Scripture some things that are truly stated, but are not truly the will of God. Let me say it again. We see in scripture, the covenant books, you know, we see some things, okay? We see some things truly stated, even in some part of the Gospels, I'll show you. Some part of, in Acts, I'll show us now, okay? Some things truly stated, but are not, but are not truly the will of God. Now, for example, we see in Acts 1.25, Acts 1.25, that um, Peter and Co., when they were choosing the places for Judas, they did not pray to hear God. No, they did. They casted lots. So, Peter, that followed Christ, that saw Christ being led from inside all through, decided that to choose next person, to choose who to replace Judas, they would take coin and throw coin up. So, if coin falls on head, it's Matthias. If it falls on head, it's Tamedo. Okay? I just made up that other name. Okay? So, even though it was a truly stated record of what happened, it was not God's will that they would that they would make choices by casting lots. I'm going somewhere. See also in Ecclesiastes. You know when someone writes two books, okay, and he wrote one book when he had sense. Okay, now the second book when he became bipolar. That is Solomon for you. When Solomon wrote, when Solomon wrote Proverbs, his head was correct. He was healthy. When wrote Ecclesiastes was bipolar, so you see him say something in, in and he's like, guy, what are you saying in Ecclesiastes? So, for example, Solomon said in, in Proverbs, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children, children afterwards. Said in Ecclesiastes, that was the point. Or leaving this for, for people that don't know what they'll do, do to it. Just live your life now, eat and be 
Mary, what's the point? Same guy said the same thing. So he said when he had sex, that when he was bipolar. So people, people just read those things and just run with it. Just run randomly stupid scripture. You know, because this why you must read the scripture with understanding, with 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 with, with Bible literacy. Are we still here? We have gone on. All right. Same Solomon says, vanity upon vanity, all is vanity. Now, is life really vain? Did God make life to be vain? Is life really vanity? No, all is not vanity. There's meaning to life. And that meaning of life is God, living with God. So, there are things really said that what people say, what people did, that are not truly the will of God. Solomon said, don't be too righteous. Don't, don't be knowledgeable. Just be righteous, small. Knowledgeable. In Ecclesiastes, so, knowledgeable, small. But is that God's will for our lives? That we should not be too, don't be too righteous. You know, sometimes do bad. Sometimes do good. Just flow as, your, as you desire. No. So, some things are written in scripture that are truly stated, that are not truly the will of God. What about Esther? See, that story of Esther, it looks cute when you read it with, with, with um, Bible studies, with children's church eyes. That story is not cute. So, the king said, the king said, you know, called his wife because he called a party of his, of his rulers. Now told his wife to come and dance in a not so glorifying way, in a seductive, almost naked way before his servants. And the woman said, no, I will not do that. Hmm? I won't do that. Now, when we children's church, they, they taught us that she was being rebellious. Well, yes, but for good reason. For good reason. What the king did, the king stretched her out of the palace, threw her away. They now said, I will choose a new queen. Now I'll choose a new queen. Bring me all the fine girls in the city. All the young, fresh, fine girls. So, bring them in into my, you know, harem. I will take each of them in one by one, okay? Do what I want with the person, okay? I will now choose the one I enjoy the most. Hmm. So imagine the king took, imagine the king took, let's say, 300 fine babes and now went in with them one by one and now said, I will choose the one I enjoyed the most, okay? When they cannot do that. You have been born for such a time as this. Okay, so go in and the king will choose you. And now, so the king indeed chose Esther. Okay, this is what I'm still talking about. What happened there, the, the way it happened was not God's will. But yet God worked out his will through a bad situation. But we cannot say, you know, that to establish God's kingdom on the earth will compromise. You twerk for daddy, you know. Check for your boss so you, so you get promotion, okay, and use the money to pay tithes. You know, at least you are doing kingdom. You see, so some things are truly stated, but they are not truly the will of God. But we see nothing that God, God works out His will, even in bad situations, okay. But I get my point this morning. What about Elijah cursing kids? Elijah cursed kids and bear at them. So, are we saying that you too, when people know you, curse them, let, let them die by fire? Let not strike them dead. Let, 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 let beer eat them. So, here is the point. When we read Christ in the Gospels, we see the character of God. We see the nature of God. Okay? When we read the epistles, we see clearly 
that Christ is the image of God. That's in, that's in um, Colossians 1, 15, Colossians 1, 15, Hebrews 1, 3. That Christ is the image of God. If you want to know God's character, look at Christ. So, if you want to know if God would send down bears to eat a child, to eat to his children, look at Christ. When people rejected Christ, it did not cause them dead. It did not send thunder to fire them as, 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 as those people told, as, as told them to do. It didn't do that to them. So we see the character of God in the gospel in Christ. We see in the epistles that Christ is the image of God. That what we see in Christ is what we see in God. We now also see who we are. We see what the nature of Christ means to us and for us. Okay? We see what it means to us. We see the wise and the what it means to us. So we must live in the epistles. You must begin your knowledge of God from the epistles. In fact, maybe you can read the gospel so that you can actually see Christ and understand Christ and see the, the epistles, okay? But you cannot start knowledge of God from Genesis. From Exodus. No, you'll be confused. Are we together? You know, somewhere in the, somewhere in the Bible, in the New Covenant says, it says, um, I, the Lord, do, I do, I, I make evil happen and make good happen. I, the Lord, do all these things. Mm. It's, it's no covenant books. I, the Lord, I make evil happen. It says, if you see evil, if you see evil somewhere, it's not me that did it. It's in covenant books. When you see evil anywhere, you know, it's in covenant books. The Bible says there, when you see evil happen in the city, it's not me that brought it. <laughs> so, if you don't understand the gospel, you don't read the gospel to see Christ's nature and the epistles, you think God is doing the evil and doing the good like, 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 a, like a psychopath. Okay, so someone said it does not mean God is talking like that. It actually means that. Why, why, why in the epistles? You see the epistles that God is the father of light and in him is no variableness or shadow of turning. That God is good and within comes no evil. You see there also that, that no, you know, when James 1, 13 to 17, it says, you know, only good things comes from God. Okay, so we need to understand the epistles to understand the mystery of Christ character of God. So why is this important? Okay? Why is this important? Are we still here? Alright? Our, our realities are true in our spirits. The truth of our realities, the truth of our, of our realities in Christ are true in our spirits, but won't change much in our lives without knowledge. What we are in Christ, what we have, is true permanently in our spirits. But it will not change much in your life without knowledge. God has given us everything. I want to pray, Lord, I want more of you. He's not really giving us more. Okay? We are acknowledging more of the things as in Christ so that we are experiencing more. We only experience more by acknowledging more. Meaning, the more we have or we don't have, is a matter of our acknowledging or not acknowledging more. We acknowledge more to experience more. Philemon 1 6. Philemon 1 6. Philemon 1 6. NKJV. Philemon 1 6. Philemon 1 6. Mura. Philemon 1 6. NKJV. Philemon 1 6. NKJV. Is she here or she's. My battery here. I'm not listening. I'm sorry. Okay. Bori Philemon 6. 
She fair. I pray that your partnership would okay, also on, be yeah. faithful and effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing. Oh, born on NKJV, NKJV. Oh, N- sorry, sorry. The sharing of your faith will become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Awesome. That is sharing of your faith. That the sharing there means participation. Their participation in the faith will become effective how by you acknowledging every good thing. So there's every. Every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. So he's saying that you participate, you, you live of the divine nature, you experience the, 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 the every good thing by acknowledging the every good thing in you in Christ. So it means that when he says every, it means there's more than one good thing. Every. So there are good things in you. You are saved, you are redeemed. That is not all. The, the redemption contains more than inheritance that has different packages. All right? Hallelujah. So we must acknowledge more to experience more. Acknowledge more by, by proper principle and prayers. I'm praying that the eyes of understanding be enlightened, that you will know. Okay? Because you must know. You only experience more by knowing more. It must be real to you. All right? 2 Corinthians 3 18. Second Corinthians three eighteen. Second Corinthians three eighteen. Second Corinthians three eighteen. Who wants to go for me? Second Corinthians three eighteen. Anyone is fine. NKJV is fine. But we all, with our veiled face, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Look at that. So, yeah, we all with unveiled faces looking into the mystery of Christ in the epistles, understanding it. That is how it says by contemplating it, okay? It's not not just, it's not just, you know, reading it casually. By contemplating it, by feeding on it, we are being transformed. Look at that. We are being transformed, a process of transformation into that same image from glory to glory so we'll see a progression that we are experiencing more by acknowledging more Romans 2.2 says they were transformed by the renewing of our minds so we are transformed by renewing the mind alright as our mind is renewed more and more to, to understand we are in Christ our, our, our experience our, our daily experiences are being transformed that's one nine Colossians one to eleven. Colossians one nine 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 to eleven. Oyinda. Colossians one nine to eleven. For this reason, NKJV, you're in a different story. I'm in a different one here. Okay. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, yeah. strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy. Hallelujah. Giving... It's fine there. He says, We are praying for you that you may be filled with knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. That you may live a life worthy of him. 
fully pleasing him. He says that you only live a life worthy of your salvation by being filled with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So you only live worthy to the, to the extent that you know who you are in Christ. So if you really know more, you will do more. You, you, you act better. The word understanding there, you know, there are two understanding words now. When, 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 when you read Ephesians 1, I think Ephesians 1 verse 8 talks about some understanding also. The understanding there is, uh, is phronesis. I'm sure, I'm sure something. It's phronesis. The one here is sunesis. Okay? Now, sunesis means that connecting different patterns together. Sunesis means, you know, when patterns of, when, when things in scripture come together to form understanding. Why is Rehida laughing? You know, point I learned is your husband. Okay? So, sunesis means connecting patterns together. Connecting different truths together to bring understanding. That when you study scripture, things just come together. Okay, like, wow, this is it, okay? That comes, that comes and together forms a scripture together and like, this is awesome, you get an understanding. Now, phronesis means that, okay, it means I understand how to practically apply God's word in my life. It means a practical understanding. Not just knowing scripture in your head. That you know how to practically apply it on a day-to-day basis. When God says, husband, love your wives. Why find some your husbands? You know, that by, 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 by fruitnesses, I know how to apply that to my current context, my marriage, now. Okay? So, so it's, not, it's not just cram and pour and say, my wife, you must submit to me. You know, you must, my husband, you must love me and die for me. No, 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 no. I have understanding, hallelujah, understanding to know how to apply that scripture to my current context now in a way that works today, not tomorrow. Hallelujah. So when I know these things, okay, I am able to live a life that's worthy of the Lord. So important, okay? So read the epistles. Realize where you are in Christ. So you are able to live a life worthy of Him. In the epistles, we see Him, okay? We see that we are in Him. Not just for Him. We are in Him. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 6, 17. First Corinthians 6, 17. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Look at that. So because we're united with him, we are born again. We are one with him. Hallelujah. We are one with him in spirit. You are one with the Lord. Inseparable. You are one. When people say, let's pray to go, let's pray to make heaven. Are you, are you kidding me? Are you, are we playing? I am one with him. Why am I praying to make heaven? What's the prayer going to do? Eh? We have to see. We have to see. We have to see. Very backward. I am one with him in spirit. I am in heaven. Hallelujah. Okay. Ephesians two ten. Ephesians two ten. Do Ephesians two six. Then verse ten. Do six and ten. Ephesians two six and ten. Color. Sorry, uh, Ephesians, yeah? Yes. 2, so, 6, six and 10. Um, and raised us, together, raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Look at that. Raised us up together. Made us what sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we are in Christ Jesus. We are together. Raised together. Sit together and we are in, in you know, in heavenly places. Verse 10. Uh, for we are his workmanship, Whoosh. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we are his workmanship, okay? Created in Christ Jesus. So we have been created, we are created in Christ. We are created to be in Christ Jesus. We are one with God. We are one with Christ. Romans 6, 1 to 4. 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 What shall we say then? Go on. Uh, go on. Go on, go on, go on, go on, Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Hallelujah. So we were buried with him, baptized into him. When we got saved, okay, when we got saved, you know, God God is is, is a technology that put us into what Christ has done in the past, that made us buried with him, raised up with him, seated in him, alive with him. Hallelujah. So we are, the epistles show us in Christ that what he has is what we have. Where he is is what we have. Hallelujah. We are co-sharers, okay, of, of his inheritance. Glory to Jesus. We are co-heirs of the inheritance, okay? The, the epistles show us in him. Romans 8, 9. Romans 8, 9. Romans 8, 9. Romans 8, 9. Romans 8, you 9. You but you are not in the flesh. Uh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Give me the NIV. Give me the NIV. Romans 8, 9. NIV. Okay. Um, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. Hallelujah. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. The Spirit here is capital letter S. So he's saying, not just saying it's the spiritual realm. That's not his point. That is not it at all. We are in the realm of the Spirit. Hallelujah. We are in the realm of the Holy Spirit. We are in the Holy Spirit. We are, we are in the Spirit. So these things, we see these things in the epistles. We see us in Him in the epistles. So, you know, people talk, people say sort of funny doctrines these days, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, people talk about having an angelic presence, you know, someone says something about, you know, now I'm very angelic presence, so is when, when we are like this in the inner courts, is why we cannot, our wives understand us, you know, wives understand we spiritual men that live in the inner courts, that they are the people in the outer courts, this is inner courts conversation, that they are enjoying angelic presence, you know, is the height of Sokuso, errant nonsense, okay? We are, as believers, in the realm of the spirits, it's not the realm of angels. It's not. It's not the level of angels. The angels, angels are a lower order. You are in the realm of the Holy Ghost, so angels are a lower order to you. Okay, you are in Christ, seated with Christ. Angels to you are servants, servants called to save you, save you are a salvation. So they are a lower order. You are in the realm of the spirits. So. People don't pray stupid prayers like, you know, I want a daily presence. 
you know, I have to feel, I have to, I have to feel angels. Oh, guys, just shut up your mouth. You are in the realm of the spirits. You are in the realm of the spirits. Enjoy who you are in Christ, okay? We see these things in the epistles. So read the epistles, okay? Read the Ephesians. Read, read the epistles. This month of, 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 of April, let it be a month of the epistles. Read them over and over and over. Go over them over and over again, you know? And go about them. Note the tenses and the prepositions. Note the in him, through him, by him, and know the tenses, okay? Very importantly, okay? Ephesians 1 7, in him we have redemption. Ephesians 1 7. Bolu, um, Tife, Ephesians 1 7, are you still here? Ephesians 1 7. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Please, you can do Jerry. Yes, please. But hey, monopoly and the cacophony. Okay. Tifa, okay, go on. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In accordance with the riches of God's grace. Hallelujah. In Him, in Him, we have redemption. Okay? Through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. So, in Him, we have redemption now. Okay? The redemption, what that means, apodotrosis. Let's go to Colossians 1 13 14. Colossians 13 14. Colossians 1 13 14. I'm sure something. Colossians 1 13 14. Uh, DJ, Colossians 1, 13, 14. Yeah, put it in. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son, the Lord, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sin. Look at that. So, he defines redemption for us. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us. He did two things, though. Took us off Satan's dominion. Rescued us from there and then took us into the kingdom of of the son he loves. So, what redemption means, you know, being bought back by paying a ransom. Hmm. It means to be bought back by paying a ransom. So, they kidnap somebody. Okay? You now pay the ransom to free them. Now, in this case, the ransom that was paid was the blood of Jesus. The wages of sin is death. So, the payment for sin is death. And the blood is the sign of the death. So that the blood flowed out. The blood is the payment, is a sign of the death. Because why? The life of the king is in the blood. Alright? So, amen. So we are redeemed in him. How? He paid a price. We are ransomed. He paid. So, so it's, not, it's, not, it's not just free. A price was paid for it. And because a price was paid for it, it is complete and full. So we owe the devil nothing any longer. We owe sin nothing. We owe hell nothing. You know, we owe we owe sin and, and addictions, you know, infirmities, we owe them nothing. Why? A price was paid. Paid in full. And a price paid according to, according to first Peter. We're not, we're not redeemed by, by sin that perished like gold and naira and Niger Delta oil. And that. We're not paid with, we're not paid with Tesla. You know, we are not paid with events. We are not bought with, you know, um, gold from Ghana. You know, no, no. We were redeemed by the blood. By the blood. Okay, so 
And the blood is not just the blood, the blood of a mere man. It's the blood of the sinless son. Hallelujah. The blood of the sinless son. So we are redeemed by the payment of a precious price to show the value that God places on man. And the huge problem that thing is, amen, the payment shows the value that God puts on you. Okay? And the huge problem, the huge weight it puts on sin. Now, the word redemption doesn't just mean being brought back. It also signifies, emphasizes the safety margin that God puts between what once enslaved you and where you are now. He took us off the kingdom of darkness and took us into the kingdom of his son. The gap there is far. The word redemption makes it clear. Okay, apotrosis to say we are bought back. Okay, not just bought back. God put a safety margin, not just a small margin, a huge margin between what once held you back. Hallelujah. So God has put a huge margin between you and sin, addictions, sicknesses. Hallelujah. You have been made free so that going forward, sin has no legal hold over you. Sicknesses have no, they cannot reach you. Affliction, demons, you have been put far from them. Hallelujah. Since we have been put far above, the past. Not, just, not just above, we are far above, far above, far above. Okay? Redemption emphasizes the safety margin that is put between you and the things that once enslaved you. Like saying someone that was going through, going traveling in, in Lagos, sorry, not Lagos, traveling to the north, kidnapped in Katrina, and they paid money to rescue him. Eh? They're not talking from Nigeria to Canada. So that Kaduna can be kidnapped. You put the guy very far from, from Edsman, took him from Lake from Kaduna, took him to Canada. So he can be far from Edsman. That's what God did. He has taken you far. So that when you begin to notice realities, sin has no power over you. You are very redeemed. In him, we have redemption, apologetics, the forgiveness. Forgiveness is a fair sin. They are fair sin of sins. So this affair sin is not just it's not just merely. Um, it's not just merely, you know, it's okay, just go. No, 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 no. It's a complete blotting out of sin. As though it never happened. Hallelujah. God has wiped your slate clean. As though it never happened. He's not counting your sins against you. Since, hear this now. Sins of the past, of the present and of tomorrow. God is not keeping a book of your sins. The blood has washed out every record against you. God is not keeping a book of your sins. The blood has washed out every underwriting or ordinance against you. Ephesians 4.32 Ephesians 4.32 Ephesians 4.32 In him we have redemption. Ephesians 4.32 Ephesians 4, are we there? Yes. Please go on. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Yes, just as in Christ God we forgive? No, forgive, past tense. As in Christ God forgave you. No, we'll read Mark 25. Mark 25 says, if you don't forgive, if you don't forget our forgive our plea of fairness, God don't forgive us. Again, to show that the gospel, the gospels are not the epistles. The gospel are not the epistles. To show the difference between the gospels and the epistles. In the epistles, it is clear that God has forgiven us. 
So we're not living, we're living right from being forgiven. Hallelujah. We have been forgiven. We, we're not going to be forgiven. We have been forgiven. So is why, you know, is why if Christ comes now, let's say you lied two minutes ago, and you don't have time to pray, God, I'm sorry, forgive me, can you call my sins? And Christ comes now, is why you are going to heaven. The blood that speaks for you speaks ongoing, okay? So it's why you are sure of heaven because you are in Christ, okay? You have been forgiven. So right now, you know, before God, you are spotless and blameless. Let me explain. People now, you now wonder, okay, what then does sin do? Uh, for example, if I'm sending a mail, send a letter from from uh, from London to Birmingham. I can, send, I can send a letter now. Letter, letter leaves my hand. But doesn't get to Birmingham because something happened in between. So sin causes, look at this, sin puts a barrier, not from God's end, but from man's end. So sin can put a barrier in your getting the best of God, not from God's end, but from man's end. Amen. Amen. But God has forgiven us completely. In Him, we have redemption. In Him, we are holy. In Him, we are righteous. Okay? When we understand our in Him's, then our, our day-to-day activities, our day-to-day living will match up to our in Him realities. So, these things that are has in Christ, appropriate it out. Confess your in Christ realities. Before God, it is done. He has blessed us. Ephesians 1 3. He has blessed us. Not that He will bless us. It is done already. It is real. So confess it. Tell yourself this I have forgiveness. Hallelujah. I am forgiven. I have His Spirit. I am in the realm of His Spirit. People come to me every year, every month with the same question. Pastor, Pastor, for a while now, I don't feel the Holy Spirit. When I pray, I do something blocking my prayer. And I like, see. And I tell them, I tell them, you cannot check your feelings to confirm the word. You will choose the word and then your feelings will align. So I ask them, is God still good? They say yes. Is God your father? They say yes. Do you have the spirit? They say yes. I say, if those three are yes, then the feelings will align. When you affirm, okay, the truth of God's word. So confess these things to yourself. Then your feelings and realities will catch up. So remind yourself, I have a spirit. I am redeemed. I am forgiven. I am one with the Lord. He is always with me. I have his leading. I am the yield of God. Okay, I get my point here. You confess your in Christ realities, then your feelings will begin to align. So I read this book that is titled What to Say When You Speak to Yourself. Uh, what to say when you speak to yourself. So I, I learned this and I, and I did this to this. When I speak to myself, I should speak to myself the word of God. Because my internal voice is controlling my life. I have it together. My internal, my, internal, my internal conversations, okay, my thoughts are shaping my reality. So I must then replace my thoughts with the will of God for my life. So even when I'm broke, I'm saying to myself, oh, but my God shall supply all my needs. Hallelujah. So I'm focusing on the supply, not on the need or the problem. 
I'm running my thinking to remember, my God shall, my God shall, my God shall, shall, the shall, 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 shall is strong, I put the verse on the shall, my God shall supply, okay? So I must confess the word, I must rewire my inner thinking with the word, I must renew my mind, I would ask myself, it is on me to do by the word, it is on me to do, so I renew my mind by what the word has said. So you have what God says you have. You can do what he says you can do. As you believe it and confess it, the more really gets to you. Believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. Connect your believer with your speaker. Believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. In fact, usually, right, you never begin, begin by believing in your heart. But you can train your heart to believe by saying it with your mouth. You can school your heart into faith by confessing the word with your mouth. The word in your mouth that you keep saying to yourself will train your heart to believe. Hallelujah. So confess it. Say it. You must say it. You must say it. God did not promise me healing. No, no, no. God did not promise us healing. No. He says, by his stripes, 2nd 24, 2nd by his stripes we were healed. So, he didn't say he will heal me. It's not a promise. It's a fact. So, it is now on me to align with that fact, to lambano my healing. Okay? By his stripes, not, not, not I will be healed. By his stripes, I am healed. So, I must lay hold of that truth. Say to myself, tell that sickness, I am the healed of God. Nope, nope. I am the healed of God. Okay? It is not a promise. It is a fact. So, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it means to know it and to say it. I must know it. I must say it. I must know it. I must say it. Our confessions build the real tracks on which faith carries its mighty cargo. Our confessions build the real tracks on which faith carries its mighty cargo. Our confessions build the real tracks on which faith carries its mighty cargo. It's almost like science. Let me show you science. Science has proven that you can change your life by changing your thinking. Neurosciences they have proven that you can change your life by changing your thinking. How? By speaking. So you see those footballers, those artists, those people, they keep, they have time when they have confession times. Confessing what they want to believe. I am strong, I am bold, I am beautiful, I am awesome, I am daring. Ah, before they ever knew, it was in scripture. So practice it. Okay, but this time, don't depend on your power. Don't just say I'm bold and strong. Uh, let it be based on what you have in Christ. Confessions. Build the real tracks on which faith carries its mighty cargo. Hallelujah. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Chance to growth and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church. And do join us every Sunday by 9 a.m. and Wednesday by 6 p.m. to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior. You are light and life to your world.